welcome to Way to Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Beck Russell, holistic wellness coach, yoga and meditation teacher, personal trainer, and overall well-being enthusiast. I believe that we have been led off the wellness path in our modern way of living, and it's time that we get back to basics, back to our roots, back on our way to wellness. I take a balanced and wholesome approach when it comes to wellness, knowing that every action, every interaction, every environment, and every breath that we take has an impact on our state of well-being. This podcast will debunk all of the myths that we have been sold about what it takes to be well. Humans are complex beings, but being well does not have to be complex. Each week, we will explore a piece of the holistic wellness puzzle where myself and special guests will share our insights that we have learned along our way to wellness to support you to live a well, happy and vibrant life. Join me on the way to wellness. Hello and welcome to another episode of Way to Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Beck Russell. And in today's episode, we are joined by Stefana Brunetto. And Stefana, or Steph as I call her, is a yoga teacher, wellness coach, and personal trainer. And through her training and her life experiences, she seeks to create a safe space for her students to explore their own deeper knowing. And whether that be through a yoga class or a coaching session or even a combination of both, her mission and passion are to empower her students to find their own rhythm and their own voice. Steph believes that anyone can do yoga and it's about so much more than what it is that you do on your mat. Steph has got so much knowledge and wisdom and life experience in regards to yoga practice, in regards to cultivating self-awareness. She's got such a beautiful, calming and grounding energy, and I'm sure you're going to get so much out of this episode. So let's dive in. Hi, Steph, and welcome to Way to Wellness, the podcast. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thanks. Uh, it's a balmy minus one in Edinburgh today, <laughs> so we've had snowfall the last couple of days, so the whole city's covered in white, so I'm loving life at the moment. Well, it sounds very cold but very beautiful, correct me if I'm wrong, um, and yeah, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of your wisdom with us and, sh- and giving us your time today. Really grateful for that. No, thank you for asking. I'm really excited. Okay, Steph, let's get straight on into it. So can you share with us a little bit about your background and where your interest in yoga and wellness began and I guess take us on a bit of a journey of your journey. Yeah, so um, I was originally working uh, within uh, a corporate corporate company as an event coordinator, and I really didn't enjoy my job. Um, 
I probably enjoyed the people that I was working with more than what I was actually doing. And at the time there was a yoga studio just around the corner from where I was working. And literally one day I'd passed the studio and this the smell of the incense just um, had kind of wafted past me and I was like, oh, my God, what is that? Um, so immediately it, caught, immediately it caught my attention and then um, I went into this studio and fell in love with the teachers there and was just, yeah, really taken, blown away by, um, by this thing called yoga. Um, and I had heard in the past, oh, it's really good for flexibility and it's good for, you know, um, just I had seen like all these cool poses that people had done and all of that kind of stuff. So I thought, oh, this will be really great. It'll be a good combination for my weight training, uh, which I was doing at the time. Um, and then from there, I just particularly when it came to yoga, I just started falling in love with the practice and I was going every day. I couldn't get enough of it. It was my escape from my job that I was working in at the time. Um, and I also started to develop more of an interest into um, health and fitness uh, and actually decided to become a personal trainer. So then from there I did my PT course, ended up leaving that job and moved um, closer to home to a gym, which I started working in for a couple of years. Um, and then from there I had realised that my um, mental health had started to shift and decline and I was getting really, really stressed out from my job and that was sort of the first indication and I thought this is so weird, like this, the job that I was doing wasn't stressful at all um, or shouldn't have been stressful at all, yet I was the most stressed I'd ever been and I remember thinking back to myself about this article that was that I'd read saying that, um, you know, the top five most stressful jobs in the world and one of them was event coordinating, which is what I was previously doing. And I thought, how could I be in the one of the most stressful jobs and not feel any sort of pressure? I was, like, just really laid back with everything. Yet here, I mean, I'm doing something that I'm enjoying or in, in an environment that I was meant to be enjoying and not um, and feeling really stressed about the whole thing. And I quickly realised that it was because of my yoga practice that I was doing every single day um, that that had such a dramatic effect on my, on my mental health. And then that's when I started uh, sort of diving more into yoga and, and coaching and wanted to move away from your average PT role um, and move more into, into mindfulness and, and holistic holistic health and, and wellness. So that's kind of, that was sort of a quick version of the journey. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. And my, my journey is actually very similar to yours. So I love how we're so similar in that way and I also love that it was the incense that drew you into the yoga studio like it's all of these beautiful little aesthetics and the scent and the the lighting and everything that kind of comes together to create a beautiful yoga studio and yoga practice so I love that you share that yeah definitely 
So as you are a fellow yoga teacher, I'm really curious to know how yoga has impacted your life. You've just briefly touched on it there. And I know that it always looks so different for each practitioner and then ultimately each yoga teacher if you do choose to take that path. So I just want to know what the impacts that yoga has had on your life. Yeah, for sure. Um, So for me it was definitely it hasn't been a physical physical change that I've experienced which I think is a it's fair to say that that's generally how people start their yoga journey it's very much a physical um a physical desire to get more flexible or you know that they want to become just a, a way to exercise um it probably it probably started a little bit like that but in terms of what it's brought me personally um it's I've been able to find a lot more acceptance within myself through through yoga um particularly when I started doing my teacher training I was going through um a bit of a rough time when I had started that um that training and I had done a 500 hour teacher training which ran over a whole year um so it was every Friday we'd come to class we'd come together and do this um spend the day together you know learning about the philosophy of yoga and learning a little bit about asana practice um and you know all the different all the different aspects of yoga um and I remember there was one pivotal moment where we were learning about the glaciers um, and the obstacles of the mind and just learning about those freed up so much um, or opened up my, expanded my awareness so much more in terms of how I dealt with certain situations and in terms of how other people dealt um, dealt with uh, or responded to certain situations. and. Through that, I've just been able to just have so much more of an understanding of of myself and and others, and I've been able to cultivate more of a compassion towards myself and others. And I think that's been that has just been such a um, something that I just never expected from from my yoga practice. And I I think it's also allowed me just to start diving into into that a little bit more um, and has really put me on the path of, of self-development and through that have been able to gain um, gain so much so much information so much knowledge so much growth so yeah that's I think that's that's what yoga's really brought to me that's so beautiful and I can definitely relate and I think I might be generalizing a little bit but I would say for the vast majority of people who do, step into a yoga practice and it probably is more of the physical I guess benefits that you're searching for when you begin and then it's almost like once you travel along the road and you start to fall deeper and deeper into it then you realize you know the the great vast benefits that can come from it especially once you do start to learn the philosophy and I guess the life Uh, the way of living when you are a true yogi. So I really love that you brought that up as well. And that leads us perfectly into my next question that I really wanted to know, 
how yoga has contributed to your self-development over the years. You've kind of just touched on it there. So if you had any more to share around that. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I think it just opened up my my eyes to um, to understanding how my mind works and understanding, you know, just how much control I have within my within my life. Um, I think one of the one of the things that I think yoga put me on the path to understanding is connection with a divine source and or the universe, whatever you kind of want to connect to to that. Um, prior to doing my yoga practice or my teacher training, I like I kind of mentioned I was going through something um, quite rough and had lost my connection with God. I grew up in, you know, a Christian family and not that we were, or a Catholic family, I should say, and not that we were, you know, devout Catholics or anything like that and we didn't go to church every Sunday, but, you know, I went to a, a Catholic school and I, um, I and, you know, we, we go to church on, you know, those big events like Christmas and, and Easter and things like that. Um, and I was going through a time where, you know, I had felt I had shamed my, um, my Catholic roots and shamed God and had, um, lost that connection with, with God. And so I felt quite lost and then coming into yoga, um, and learning about this, you know, that there's this divine spirit that runs through us all and that we're all connected um that really I really resonated with that and I I recreated this connection um and found found this divine spirit within um which everyone has and that that freed me in so many ways that I'm even now I'm still sort of uncovering um and it's been you know what three three years since I've done my my teacher training, um, so I think it's it has opened me up to um, to this universal world and connection with Mother Nature, um, connection with other humans, and yeah, it's it's just been it's a it's been a wild journey so far. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Thanks for sharing all of that with us. Uh, I just wanted to know, do you have a favourite yoga practice? Like there's so many different practices that come under the umbrella of yoga. So would you have one that's your favourite or that you incorporate most into either your classes or into your personal practice? I think, yeah, I, so when I was doing my teacher training, it was completely drilled into us that um the style of yoga was very much classical um you know and we've in the western world we've um like obviously there's hatha yoga and there's um oh gosh and now i'm drawing a (laughs) complete blank (laughs) um but like you said the the tree of yoga there's all these different branches and I think in the Western world we understand Iyengar, we understand um, Ashtanga um, and then Vinyasa and things like that 
And um, for me, I had done the, it was very much a classical classical yoga, um, which is rooted in the Krishnamacharya lineage. Um, and he was always seen as the, the godfather of yoga and, um, you know, was seen as the, the person who started um, Iyengar, well, not physically started Iyengar, but they Iyengar Ashtanga, that like they were all te- the students of, of his um, to some degree. And so for me, I think I really enjoy that classical, really simple practice. Um, there's times when I, you know, change it up a little bit and I'll sort of go into vinyasa um, styles, but I think for me I just really enjoy keeping it simple um, because it does help with me personally just connecting in with the breath a lot easier um, and connecting in with my body a lot more. And that's just, yeah, that's just the style that I've kind of um, kind of always been connected with. Yeah, and that's a good point for anyone who's maybe new to yoga and is maybe has preconceived notions about what a yoga practice should look like and it's just so so beautiful to hear that it really doesn't have to be complicated it can be simple movements and shapes with your body and simple connection to breath and you know as long as you've got those two things and some stillness and meditation then you're pretty good to go I would say yeah for sure can totally agree with that and I think we we can get sort of carried away or not carried away, but we can get um, we can get put off by seeing, oh, you know, all these flexible teachers online who can touch their toes or can, you know, do all these crazy handstands and all this kind of stuff. And it's like that's not yoga at all, <laughs> you know. And the amount of times when I get people asking me, oh, you know, um, I really want to do yoga, but I'm not flexible enough. And one of my favourite quotes from um, that I had heard whilst doing my teacher training was, you know, as long as you can breathe, you can do yoga. And that just, that resonates with me so much because it's like, you know, yoga isn't just the movement practice. It's, it encompasses so much more to, to the whole, um, the whole uh, sort of philosophy, the whole um, the whole practice of, of what yoga is really about. That was going to be my next question. So you kind of answered it for me, but I was curious to know if anyone did have any, I guess, hesitations around if they're suited to yoga or if they weren't flexible, which is what you brought up, you know, how sometimes people can be a little bit hesitant um, if you had any advice for them. And you've kind of touched on that, but if there was anything else you wanted to add, um, you're welcome to drop that in as well. Yeah. I, you know what, I used to get so, um, after doing my, my teacher training, I used to think, oh my God, you know, people, we're all doing it wrong. You know, we, we shouldn't be doing, (laughs) we shouldn't be doing this whole, um, you know, asana practice and, you know, this is what we should be doing. We, you know, yoga is so much more than more to it. But I mean, if I look at my journey, I started with 
with with asana practice and and movement and it's led me to you know opening up to so much more of what the practice is about and so I, I don't get caught up in, you know, trying to complicate things um, anymore. I think if, you, if you're if you drawn to, to yoga and want to find out more, I think the best place to start would be a beginner's class because I think, it, you know, people can um, can be put off going to, going to any sort of normal class and, um, you know, sometimes the moves can be quite, um, quite powerful and quite intense. And so I think if you're, if you, if you don't already have a deep connection with your body, you can start to push yourself in ways where you can cause injury. And then you're just, you know, you just, you'll never go back. So I think if people do want to start a yoga practice, start with firstly um, looking for that beginner's class and then also talk to the teachers. Find out if these teachers actually resonate with you because I think what really makes a yoga class is if you are able to connect with the teachers on a, on a deeper level rather than just having someone instruct you at the, you know, at the front of class and you having no kind of connection with them. Um, I don't, yeah, I think they're probably the two most important points or even hiring someone to do some private practices with. Um, I think that's, that's also a really great place to start. It could be just, you know, a, a few, few private practices so you can just get an idea of some of the, some of the language, some of the basic movements um, and that way you've got more confidence coming into a class. I actually just um, had a, um, older, older client uh, come to me and she had never done any, any yoga practice or anything like that. And we've just spent the last, um, how many weeks has it been? Like five, five weeks, four or five weeks. Um, just doing our, like I sort of got her up to speed with sun salutations and warrior one and warrior two, like the real basic stuff. Um, and now she's doing my classes um, like coming to my regular classes and she, you you can just see the improvement and in her, the confidence that she had um, experienced, you know, moving into classes now. She was so nervous at the start and, you know, our first lesson together and she just didn't know what to expect. But, you know, she picked up on the, on the language quite quickly and, and now she's, she's in my regular classes. So it doesn't take much to, um, to, to build that foundation. Yes, so many important points that you touched on there, just making sure that, yeah, you do have that connection with your teacher and, and never be afraid to step into a beginner's class because everyone there is in the same boat as you and so you can all be there sharing energy together and, and learning together and, yeah, it's such a beautiful place to start if you are brand new to yoga. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to ask you if you, in your opinion, if there was one yoga practice, um, so whether it be breath work or meditation or physical asana practice that you would say uh, would be a really great one to integrate into someone's wellness routine. So like one that would be suitable for anyone, no matter what level that they're at. Yeah, I think um, 
I would say asana practice, if I'm being honest. Um, like we're talking about in sort of integrating it into our everyday routine. Um, I think one of the things that I really, um, really gained from, from doing my teacher training was learning how to develop my own personal practice. Um, and I think just yoga, yoga is the well, asana is meditation. Um, and I think people, the reason they get so put off with meditation and sitting down, you know, in, in seated meditation and in stillness is because they can't sit still and, you know, they get, um, they get really fidgety and they don't, they can't sit still for a long period of time. And I think, you know, just doing a few, whether it's working in and out of warrior one or warrior two, or whether you're just doing a few, few movements on the floor, like coming in and out of child's pose and down dog and things like that. Um, that's that's meditation in itself and if you're focusing you know on the body and how the body feels um i think that's a good starting point for people who really struggle with um sitting still um and then next i would say trying to do you know the seated meditation because after all that's what asana is building us up for it's you know um preparing us for for long seated meditation yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I know it's quite a common myth, as particularly in Western society, that yoga is just those pretty poses or the, the flowy sequences, um, perhaps not realising that it's just one limb of the eight limbs of yoga that prepares us for meditation like you brought up. So I'm really glad that you brought, uh, touched on that as well. Yeah, definitely. And that was that was a misconception that I had as well you know that yoga is all about the movement and that's that's all it is and you know it's definitely not like you said it's only one limb of the eight limbs of yoga and um this whole um god I'm getting so stuck on this word (laughs) this whole system that's the word I was looking for (laughs) this whole system of yoga like it's um yeah and the more that and this is the thing like you get um or I used to get so caught up in, you know, we need to be teaching all of this. We need to be sharing this with the world. But, you know, we're we we're in, um, like you said, in the Western world, it's very much just focused around um, around that asana practice. So, you know, instead of trying to change that, how can for me personally, how can I um, how can I make sure that people start in the right way so that they stay then on the journey of yoga um, and then start to start to open up to to everything that it can offer. Yeah, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Now we've talked a lot about yoga, which I am totally fine with, but we're going <laughs> to <laughs> we're gonna just shift gears a little bit now because as well as uh, Um, teaching yoga you also offer wellness coaching so I just wanted to open it up to you just to share a little bit with us about what that looks like for you and how you work with your yeah sorry it broke up a little bit there um yeah so coaching uh 
for me it's well I mean it started um after doing my yoga teacher training I felt like I wanted to get the skills to be able to you know really sit down and chat with people around you know setting goals and um changing the way that they think and feel and you know yoga in the western world as we've been saying can only take us so far in terms of um you know people people really only see it as a um as a as an exercise tool and so i wanted to be able to you know everything all the um the whole system of yoga and the tools that we have in our toolbox when it comes to comes to yoga, I wanted to be able to translate translate that to people um, in a one-on-one sit-down um, sort of sense. And that's where coaching kind of, that's where I kind of look to coaching. Um, and so for me it's coaching has become this way of just, you know, taking what my own personal experience and taking what I've learnt um, through through also personal training but through yoga um, and being able to, to really help people in sort of overcoming their own obstacles in their life and over, overcoming the obstacles of the mind um, and really living out the life that they, that they want to live. Um, and I think also uh, just bringing more more self awareness into their life. I think that's probably one of the most powerful tools that people take for granted is having having this self self awareness and being able to find ways to self reflect. Um, and you know, just it when we are able to sit in that self reflection. Um, on our own but also with a coach it just having someone there to bounce off ideas having someone there to sort of vocalize things that you've said um, and reiterate things that you've said um, and you know really acknowledge those moments where you know you might you might think of them as as small insignificant feats but really they a lot of people might not have that sort of self-awareness, so it's good that someone's there to kind of highlight those moments for you and go, you know, you know what, this is actually really good and, you know, you've actually progressed so much, you know, look at look at this positive thing, look at that positive thing. So that's what I, that's how I see myself as a coach, as just someone who, um, who is able to, to shine a light on things that you might just, kind of push to the side and, and think, oh, that's not not worth it or not worthy of my attention, um, but also just help you to live the life that you want to live. Yeah, so powerful. And if you've ever had coaching um, before or you are a coach, you'll have that knowledge where it's just so such a beautiful thing to invest in yourself first and foremost. And, yeah, just to have that, that outside person that can lovingly give you guidance if you need it or bounce ideas off each other like you mentioned or I heard a great quote about coaching at some stage where the essence of the quote was that the coach can pull the greatness out of you and I really loved that because sometimes it's it's a struggle for us to see our own potential and for us to see our own greatness and so that's a beautiful a beautiful reason to work with the coach. 
Yeah, I love that quote. I'm going to be writing that one down. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to use it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I wanted to ask you a few questions about about you and, and your personal wellness routines and practices. So I wanted to know if you had one or maybe you've got a few, but what would you say is your number one priority when it comes to your own personal well-being practice? I'd say um, that self-reflection tool, um, but also my non-negotiables are meditation, so making sure that I start each um, each morning and if I don't start my morning then with meditation then uh, doing it at least some sometime in the middle of the day um, so it would be meditation journaling as well um, I'm very much a sort of visual person so I getting it out of my mind and onto a piece of paper um, has always been a powerful tool for me to kind of just declutter the mind and to get clearer on, on my goals but also get clearer on, on what I'm feeling and, and things that are running through my mind. Um, yeah, I'd say they're just it always comes, for me, it always comes back to the mind. Um, if, I, if I don't have a clear head, if I'm, you know, feeling a certain way, then I don't, it doesn't uh, then lead to me doing all the things that I want to do for my health, which is, you know, eating right, exercising, um, getting out of the house and actually getting outside, um, you know, talking to friends, things like that um, really end up going to the wayside if I'm not, if I'm not doing those foundational um, practices, which is, you know, my meditation, journaling, um, and and asana at points as well yeah that's so beautiful and I've got some similar routines to you and I love that you brought up the mind piece because I always say that if you haven't got your mindset right pretty much not always but pretty much every other practice or every other healthy eating plan that you follow or gym program that you follow was likely not going to work for you or it won't be sustainable. You really do have to start with the mindset first and foremost. A hundred percent agree with that. And I, you know, I see that not only within myself in the past, but also in, in people around me and my clients and things like that. Um, particularly when I was in the gym world, you know, and this is why I got onto um, the path that I'm on now. Um, and and moved away from the from the gym life and you know the the fitness realm or solely in the fitness realm um, because I realized that you know personal training was only ever going to get people so far if they didn't actually deal with the root this rooted issues that um, were driving them to to want to exercise or to want to um, you know eat eat healthier and things like that um because like you said it's not sustainable if you're not actually you know what what is it that's driving you to want to do this and people would never connect um not always but you know some people uh wouldn't wouldn't connect with that with that reason behind it um and I think yeah when you you're only putting a band-aid approach on on these things and they're only going to last for um, 
for a certain amount of time before before things start to or that rooted root seed that rooted issue is going to creep back up and start yeah. to emerge. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Definitely. I wanted to ask you, Steph. This might be a big question. What the greatest lesson is that you have learned so far in your life? Oh, that is a big question. Um, I think I think it's been having deeper self awareness, um, which has led me to realize the lack of self-worth that I lived with um, from high school right through my 20s. Um, I think realizing the impact that it's had on my life, not having that self-worth that I have now, um, that's been one of my biggest biggest lessons it's obviously caused a lot of um uh what's the word like a lot of a lot of heartache for for myself um and and for others around me um when I didn't have that that self-worth and that self-awareness yeah that's such a big big one isn't it the more self-awareness that we can cultivate uh, the greater uh, we can, I guess, just get to know ourselves and get to know what works for us, what doesn't on every level, mind, body and spirit. So really, really important that you brought that up. Yeah, exactly. I think um, the more that we can, the more that we can bring awareness into our lives and, you know, find these self-sabotaging habits that we have and, you know, awareness around our beliefs and our values and where they've come from the more that we can start to change and and really really make lasting changes in our life and put us on to put us onto a living a life that's more in alignment with who we are what we're here to do um and what what we want to do with our lives yeah absolutely and if you could leave us with one tip that would help us to improve our well-being and our health, what would it be? It would be don't think that, don't kid yourself that this is going to be a, um, a uh, one, one pill fix um, that the journey never ends. Um, I think I've been thinking about this a lot actually recently and that's, um, you know, well-being, changing your life when it comes to wellness um, and well-being, it's it's a never-ending, never-ending journey. And I think if we, um, if we can go in there, in, if we can start our journey, um, with that sort of knowledge and, and understanding that this is going to be a forever thing and I'll, I'm always going to come up, um, I'm go, always going to find new ways to improve and, and things like that, then we can become 
less frustrated with ourselves when things do come up and more open to to growth and possibility. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up because it is kind of like you you sort of never fully arrive at the destination. Like there's always ebbs and flows in life. The only constant is change. So you've got to adjust and pivot sometimes and, and be okay with that and be fluid and kind of accepting of, of whatever comes your way. Exactly, exactly. And I think if we, you know, knowing that, then taking those small steps, you know, because knowing that we don't, you know, it's it's not one big change that's going to lead to the final destination. It's, okay, well, knowing that this is going to be a lifelong journey, what are small changes that I can start to start to make instead of making this one big change to try and speed up the process? Because we'll always, with that one big step, we're going to take five steps back or three steps back, maybe not five, <laughs> three steps back. Um, whereas if we're constantly making these small improvements I think that's where lasting change starts to happen because it's just you know we're not being so hard on ourselves and we're we're just easing our way through life and it's just this one one big flow and yeah like you said like you touched on life isn't um is constant ebbs and flows and the only the only constant thing is change so the more that we can accept that um the more that we can start to work with life rather than working against it Yes, I totally agree with that. <laughs> Steph, this has been so beautiful and I've loved chatting to you. I wanted to know, is there anything else that you wanted to share that we haven't covered yet so far? Um, no, I think we covered quite a bit, actually. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I mean, I froth over deep conversations like this, yeah. so... I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Beck, for, for asking me to come onto, onto your podcast. It's been great. That's my pleasure. And, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time with us. So as we wrap up, can you share with us where the listeners can learn a little bit more about you, stay connected with you, how they can work with you? Yeah, of course. So probably the best place to um, to get in contact is through my website. Um, I send out a weekly newsletter um, every Monday, which just has, you know, some musings, some things that I'm getting up to and um, just a way for, for people to connect with me. Um, there's also, you know, Instagram and Facebook, but I'm not so much on there <laughs> these days. Um as we, we were talking about prior to this. Um, but, yeah, I'd say I'd say my website. So it's just stefanabrunetto.com. Perfect. Steph, thank you so much. This has been a beautiful conversation. You've shed so much light on the practice and art of yoga and wellness and holistic health. So thank you again and hope you enjoy your day. Thank you so much, Beck. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Um, and thank you again so much for, for getting me on here. It's been really lovely talking about this and I could probably talk about this kind of stuff for the days and days. <laughs> That's it for another episode of Way to Wellness, the podcast. I hope you got so much out of this episode and got to really know Steph and got to learn a little bit more about the practice of yoga both on and off the mat. 
If you would love to connect further and more deeply with Steph, you can go to her website, which is stefanabrunetto.com. You can follow Steph on Instagram at stefanabrew underscore yogi underscore coach. And all of those links will be in the notes as well. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at way to wellness podcast. You can follow myself, Beck Russell at underscore Beck Russell. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it on your Instagram stories and tag us so we can see it or leave a rating or review. Until next time, take good care of yourself and I'll talk to you again soon.